Irene, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm thrilled to chat with you. Can you start by telling me about your educational background and your career and kind of your journey to how you got to where you are today? Yeah, man, I feel like it's a really long story, even though... Take all the time you need. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We have so much time. Okay. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. So straight out of high school, I went to the University of Texas at Austin with the goal to be an actress. Like that was my dream in life. That's what I wanted to do. And UT has a great theater program. And so I was thrilled that I got accepted and I moved down to Austin. I was there for one semester and then uh, my life took a crazy turn. I got married. I got pregnant. I had a baby by the time I was 19 and like every plan that I'd ever made for myself just like went out the door. And so My husband at the time joined the military and we moved out to California and I was taking like classes at a community college there, just trying to continue my education and hopefully someday get a degree. And then I ended up moving back to Texas. Things between me and my son's dad didn't work out. I came back home and I went to Colin College for a little bit. And then I transferred over to University of Texas at Dallas and finished out my degree there. So I have um, a Bachelor of Arts with an emphasis in theater and dance. And I did that with the intention of becoming like a theater teacher would be like my nine to five while also acting when I could. Um, But while I was in college, I actually signed with the Kim Dawson Agency. And so that kind of opened up a new door that I hadn't anticipated or planned for. So that's been a really cool part of my career is getting to act and model for Kim Dawson Agency. So that was really a cool stepping stone for me. But I graduated in 2015. And that last semester of college, I uh, needed an internship. I had reached out to, I think, the Dallas Theater Center. And then I reached out to Dallas Children's Theater. Like I knew I wanted to find like a theater to be a part of, to intern with in whatever capacity. I just wanted it to be in a theater because that was where my life was headed. I very unsuccessfully, uh, I like was never able to get in touch with anybody from either of those places. Uh-huh. I didn't have a connection and I didn't yeah. know the proper avenues to take. And so I did have a connection at junior players and I didn't know anything about the organization at all. I just knew that I knew somebody there. And so I was like, Hey, do you guys ever like take interns? Like you don't even have to pay me because I'm getting class credit for this. I just need to come like work in your office part-time so that I can do like my schoolwork (laughs) and say that I had an internship. So like I'm offering free labor to your organization essentially. And so I went in and I had an interview with Rosara, who's now executive director at the time. She was the acting executive director. They were in between executive directors at the time And she interviewed me and it was the worst interview I think I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So terrible. Because I went in with like the notion that like my friend had made it seem like, oh yeah, you're going to come in and like this, you just need to meet with her and then you'll like have it. And so I thought she was just going to like meet me and be like, hey, how are you? Okay, cool. Like, nice to meet you. But no, I walked in and she was like, okay, let's have an interview. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) That's what we're doing here. Okay, we can do that. So 
it was a terrible interview. And I walked out of there and I was like, they're not going to take me on as an intern. And I'm going to have to start from square one. And maybe I won't get an internship this semester. But she did. She took a chance on me. And I got the internship. And I was the administrative assistant part-time there. And while I was there, I learned about the organization and all of the amazing things that they do. And when I had finished my internship that December, she offered me to come on as a part-time employee. And I was like, oh, heck yes, that's amazing. I'll take it. And so that like started like the journey for me and junior players. And I had never anticipated like that that would be the direction my life would go because I so badly wanted to be an actor. and outside of acting, I always thought that I would just be like a theater teacher. And so it's just funny that life had like opened this door that I like, was like trying to desperately knock on all these doors, like somebody give me an internship. And they're like, here's junior players, you are now going to be an arts administrator, and you're going to love it. And this is your new life. (laughs) That's incredible. Okay, so we have a lot in common already. I also had a brief hiatus in California. And before I went to California and after I did that thing where you just like cold call different theaters that you want to work for. Right. Like I remember I sent an email to Undermain and I was like, I see that you're not hiring and that's fine. Here's my resume anyways. (laughs) Can I please just come watch you do something? I will shout you. Uh, I will work for free. And if you feel that it's valuable, we can talk about. Right on (laughs) like like I have no expectation just let me come sit in your office yes (laughs) yes yes. I did a lot of that before and then I'm at Shakespeare Dallas now and I think in my interview they were like you know we're a small nonprofit. like you're gonna be juggling a lot of different roles aside from the one that you're assigned to do and I was like I will set up chairs if it means I can work for this company Like, I don't care. Yeah, literally anything. I just need to get this internship. (laughs) Yes, that's great. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. um, Well, so as an arts administrator, what does your day look like? Oh, man. Every day is very different, but also very the same. So junior players, we're a very small organization as far as manpower is concerned. Right now, there's only six of us that run the entire organization, but our reach is incredibly large. We are serving like 16,000 youth annually. And so our programs are, I mean, we have such a large variety of programs that we serve. And so my day as a program director and currently the only person in the programming department, we're actively hiring a program manager. So I'm the only, my two hands and a computer making it all happen. And so it's a lot of, a lot of emails. (laughs) It's constantly emailing back and forth between districts, seeing, you know, where the need is for arts programming you know, setting up our programs for our, you know, upcoming seasons, our shows that are happening. So my days are filled with juggling like 20 different programs at the same time and facilitating and setting them up and hiring our contractors who teach them. And so we have a roster of professional artists in the DFW area who teach all of our arts programming classes. And so 
you know, our roster can have over a hundred artists on it at one given time. And in a busy season, we could be employing close to a hundred artists at that time. And so, you know, I'm constantly interviewing art, you know, people in the industry to see, you know, they're interested in becoming a contractor with junior players. And so I'm interviewing, I'm vetting, I'm doing the, you know, administrative paperwork for it all. And then I'm also, you know, contacting and contracting them for classes that are happening, you know, and it's a big puzzle a lot of the times. And and COVID has created this massive secondary puzzle that connects to the already existing puzzle. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, we have these in-person classes, but we also have these virtual classes now and they're both happening. You know, some sites are wanting us to come in person. And so, you know, we can definitely accommodate that, but I'm not going to like, I can't force anybody to go teach in person. And so it's, you know, this puzzle of like, okay, I have to contract an artist. I have to find someone who can teach this discipline. And then I have to find somebody who's available for these timeframes that the school is requesting. And then I have to find somebody who is willing to go in person. And so it's, you know, it's just this big puzzle. But, you know, my main focus, and I think once we hire on a second program, you know, a program manager comes on board, my main focus that I'll be able to dedicate more time to is, is growing our programs and our reach. So, you know, we serve the entire North Texas area. You know, we're in Fort Worth, we're all over the Metroplex. And I would love to expand our programming way past that, you know, get us all over Texas and maybe someday all over the U.S. would be phenomenal, reaching the kids that really need it the most. And so, that's truly my job and my purpose with junior players is to continue to expand our programming and find where these arts deserts exist so that we can bring these free, you know, art classes to these kiddos. And so, yeah, so I'm just constantly emailing people like, Hey, junior players does some really great things. Let me tell you about it. (laughs) Yeah. I actually, uh, one of my favorite summer jobs while I was in college was I did a tour with Missoula children's theater I mean, the setup is basically two people, one truck. You go all over the country for the summer, a new city every week, a new cast, a new play every week. And it was really amazing to see. We spent a lot of time on military bases. And it was so cool because even if those kids had to move every year or every two years, they still had Missoula Children's Theater in the summer. And you just saw how important it was to them and how they would be like, oh my gosh, I was going to quit because I never get a lead. And like, I finally got a lead this year. And we would be like, yes, you just have to keep showing up and like have to keep getting better and giving your best. And like, it's going to happen. And children's theater does very hard, very important work. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, you know, you made a great point, like a lot of, you know, junior players, we focus on that at risk youth or arts deserts, you know, that's really our purpose. And our mission is where children typically would not have arts education. That's where we want to be is to make sure that they have this free access, even if they don't need to become artists, but they just need the exposure to, you know, a healthy creative outlet where they can express themselves. And a lot of these kids those 10 weeks maybe that we are doing, you know, theater or dance or visual arts or whatever program we bring to them for 10 weeks, that could be, you know, showing up to that class could be the most consistent thing they have for those 10 weeks, you know? And so that's something I'm always telling our artists whenever we have trainings two or three times a year for our teaching artists, 
And I'm constantly telling them like, you know, it is so, it's so, so important that you are showing up and like, we understand emergencies happen. And if you need to have a sub for your class, like whatever, that's totally fine. But like you are for a lot of these kids, their most consistent part of their day for the, however long your sessions are there. And it's so important that they have that, you know, and that they see like, Oh wow. Like theater, like I get to be somebody else. I get to create this character. I get to express myself in this new, like really interesting way. And this teacher is so cool and has become like a mentor for me and like a friend. And so it's just so, so important. I think bringing the arts to those kids who really, they, I mean, you know, there's like, okay. (laughs) In the city of Dallas, I think it's like 20 something percent, like 20.5% of population of Dallas lives below the poverty line, which is higher than the national average, which is like around 13% is the national average. Okay. And so these kids are living below the poverty line. Like they are dealing with things that a lot of people that, you know, that I know have never had to deal with before. And they're just kids. And especially with COVID, this added stressor where people are losing their jobs and everything. I mean, it is just such a stressful time right now. And that was one of our biggest challenges when COVID hit is like, okay, now we have to like get our gears and drive and we got to figure out how we're going to reach these kids virtually and make sure that they're still getting the arts because now more than ever, they're going to need it because they're stuck at home. Some of them are stuck at home and not great situations. You know, we need to make sure that they still have these arts classes so that they can have something for themselves where they can find healthy, creative ways to express themselves. But then you have the added, you know, you get a roadblock because you're like, well, a lot of these kids don't have technology and they can't jump on a virtual class. So it's just this constant, like, it's just this constant climb up this mountain. Like, okay, there are all of these barriers, but how are we going to like step over it to make sure that these kids are getting these programs. It's like our constant every day. It's like, okay, here's a roadblock. How do we get over it? Here's another one. Let's jump over that one. Right. Make sure that we are getting these kids their art education. Yeah. Not, you know, not every school district just sends you home with an iPad and says, all right, go to your own rooms that you don't share with anyone else. Right. No, that does not (laughs) exist. No. So tell me about some of the plays that you guys have done in the past. And, you know, you've touched on the mission and the vision of the company. Tell me a little bit about the history. Yeah. So Junior Players, we were founded in 1955. So we're actually the oldest children's theater in Dallas. And we started out as a children's theater. So they, you know, were these shows written by kids, performed by kids. It was this really cool, like children's theater concept. But then in 89, the board of directors voted to kind of shift the mission of junior players and start focusing more on providing these free arts education programming to the youth of North Texas. We still have a season and we still produce shows, which are phenomenal and they're they're great opportunities, but our focus is more on arts education and arts programming. Yeah. And so you know, our shows, we have a season every year we're doing, we're gearing up for our Discover Runway Dreams modeling show, which is super cool and super exciting. And that one is going to be in April. 
we're gearing up to have some modeling, virtual modeling classes. We have this amazing model with Kim Dawson. Her name's Carlotta Lennox, and she's one of their top runway girls. And so, and she teaches modeling. She like teaches classes. And so I reached out to her since I'm also with Kim Dawson. And I was like, hey, fellow Kim Dawson lady, <laughs> let me tell you about junior players. What an amazing name too. I feel like if you're given name is Carlotta. You have to be a, a runway model. She's so <laughs> fierce. She's amazing. She's this beautiful, beautiful, tall. It's just, oh my gosh. So she's going to start teaching these virtual programs for us and teach these kids like, and it's for kinder through seniors in high school, which is something we've never done with any of our other productions. We always, you know, keep it age specific. Like this show is going to be for high schoolers or this one's for middle schoolers. And so this our runway show incorporates all ages. So everybody is invited to the table here. She's going to be doing these virtual classes, teaching them all about the world of modeling. And one of my favorite things about our modeling classes is that we're breaking down a stereotype with these classes because a lot of people think about modeling and it has a really negative connotation to the general public. You know, you think about photoshopping and like these unhealthy, you know, lifestyle so that they stay super thin, things like that. And so we're breaking down those stereotypes. We're teaching kids about healthy lifestyle choices, you know, like nurturing your body, you know, feeding your body, like, you know, the good stuff, you know, and and just being healthy and active. That does not mean being skinny. It just means, you know, taking care of yourself. And then she's teaching them how to walk like a model, how to pose like a model, you know, all of those great things, how to market yourself, how to bring confidence into a room. You know, so much of being an actor and a model with an agency is literally just walking into a room and being confident in that room. That's what an audition is. Like if you walk in there, you go to a go see and you're like, hey, I'm Kareen and I heard you have this open position. I think that maybe I would be good at it. They're going to be like, what is wrong with this kid, you know, but teaching them like to own that room, to walk in and be like, here I am. You haven't seen anybody like me. Watch me do this walk for you. And you're going to want to hire me. I'll talk to you soon. See you later. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so these kids are gearing up for this um, Discover Runway Dream show that we're going to be producing. We have some designers who are going to be, you know, creating these pieces for the kids specifically, and they're going to get to walk. It's going to be at On the Levy, and one of our sponsoring partners is the Crow Museum. So that's a really cool partnership that we have going on. And then we do a winter musical every year for high schoolers. And that's always performed at the Moody Performance Hall, which is really cool. And And one of my favorite things to tell the kids whenever, you know, we also collaborate with Shakespeare Dallas every summer and do a Shakespeare show. And one of my favorite things to tell these kids is like, this is really cool. You get to, you know, be in a production in and of itself. That's a really cool opportunity. But like these kids need to understand that like you're going to be performing at the Moody Performance Hall, which is a huge deal in and of itself. That's one of like our big theaters in the Dallas arts district, you know, like professional, like actors will come and be on the stage. So that's exciting. And you're going to get to meet all of these professionals in the industry. So we're opening these doors and making connections for you. And so like, yeah, this guy, he's the set designer. And you may think that that's like, you don't need to get to know him, but like, he's going to (laughs) know He's going to know this Broadway touring show that comes through. And, you know, like these are connections. These are real life connections that they're making with industry professionals that we are opening these doors for, you know? 
Same with Shakespeare Dallas. We do a collaboration with um, UTD. That's for high school and college students. And JP alumni are able to participate in that show. So our season is really cool. It's really exciting. Um, It was cut off last year, obviously. So we did not get to do anything that we had anticipated. So we're excited for 2021, the possibilities. I know that um, we're keeping our numbers low for Discover Runway Dreams. I think only 20 kids are going to be selected for that. And that way, you know, the space is big enough that they'll be able to social distance. I think we're going to have a cool like custom mask line is going to be one of the designers is going to make these cool masks that they're going to wear while walking. So yeah, it's going to be a really cool COVID friendly show. So I'm not sure how we're going to walk into the rest of our productions for the season. That's outside of my job title. I think, you know, we are slowly walking into 2021, like, okay, how can we make these productions work for the year to make sure the kids are getting the opportunity, but everyone is staying safe. I love that they're learning those lessons about, you know, loving yourself and body positivity early instead of having to unlearn it later. Because while a lot of the war, you know, I feel like TV and film and commercial and print, they're really moving into a different direction. But I think there's some older agents and managers who are still not there yet that can still say some really harmful things without realizing it. Especially, I love to like joke about the difference between LA agents and New York agents because I got to meet both and I was like, Wow. (laughs) But yeah, there, there are some people out there still with a very old way of thinking. So I love that they're just learning about their bodies, but they're also learning to treat everyone with respect and to treat the space itself with respect too. That's actually a really good segue into um, the EDI work that we do with all of our programs So EDI is equity, diversity, and inclusion. And we have been working really hard last year and into this year to incorporate EDI work into all of our programs and productions. And so we work with this wonderful woman. Her name's Ho Johnson. You know, she's trained in EDI and knowing all about inclusion and diversity and all of that. And so she did a training for our instructors so that they can learn more about it and incorporate that into their lesson plans when they're teaching the arts. And then we also do special workshops for our production. So during the rehearsal period, we might have one rehearsal that instead of rehearsing, they're doing like an hour-long workshop on EDI with the kiddos. All of our programs, anything that we do, a production, a program, a residency, anything that junior players does, we're infusing, you know, life lessons into it in some capacity. And so right now we're really focusing on equity, diversity, and inclusion and what that means in all of the industries. You know, we're multidisciplinary organization. So we have this, you know, dance residency that we're talking to the kids about what does it look like to have inclusion in dance? And that could be like, okay, who has a hard time finding your skin color in tights? Raise your hand, you know, like that's inclusion is bringing you know, nude point shoes that mean nude to everybody, no matter what their skin color is. Or, you know, in our broadcast journalism program, I'm talking to the kids about, well, what does, you know, we encourage them to look into their community. Like, okay, well, who are your community leaders? And do you see diversity there? Like, is that a diverse representation of your community and the leaders? 
you know, and same with the shows, like, well, what kind of diversity and equity do we see in theater or in, you know, musicals and stuff behind the scenes and on stage? Like, what are you seeing? And so we're always incorporating that into our curriculum and into our shows is making sure that these kids are learning about like, you know, positivity within ourselves, loving ourselves and, you know, being the best version of ourselves. But then also like, how can we be change agents for our community when we see, you know, like, hold on, something is not equitable here, like, or we're not being inclusive here. Like, how can you, even though you're, I don't know, in the sixth grade, what can you do to bring attention to it and then also be part of the change that happens for a better, more equitable community? And so that's something that I have really been pushing for. All of us at the organization have really been pushing for. 2020 was like, okay, everything is going to get shut down, but that doesn't mean the work stops. So we're going to really focus on EDI work. And so 2020 was all about EDI. We actually have this great program right now a virtual art program, um, visual art, where we have our teaching artist, Sheila Cunningham, and Quo is also on the class every time as our EDI facilitator. And so every day the kids meet, Quo starts class with like a big question. And it could be something like, um, gosh, what does she ask? One day she just asked them what they want to be when they grow up, you know, something like that. Or it could be like, what is something you wish you could change in the world or whatever? And so these are third, fourth, and fifth graders who are taking this class. And they were talking about this one girl was bringing up uh, equity and inclusion with skin color and with sexual orientation. And I'm like, this girl is in like the fifth grade and she has these big, big ideas already. And that's what I think people don't understand is these kids, they may be like, we may see them and like, oh, look, it's a little elementary school kid, but they're listening and they have these big ideas that they need to talk about. And so we're giving them this platform and they're creating this beautiful art all around these EDI conversations that they're having. And then we're actually going to get those displayed in the Love Field Airport and those display cases towards baggage claim to like bring the conversation out to the public. So everybody who walks through there will get to see all of their art with all of these words and beautiful collages and things that they're creating from these conversations through the 10 weeks. And I'm really excited about that. So, yeah, it always makes me think like, I don't know. I just don't have any idea of what I was like as a kid, but sometimes I meet kids and I'm like, I definitely was not that intuitive and empathetic and conscious of others. Like (laughs) my world was very small when I was a selfish teenager and kids today are just so much more self-possessed and aware. Like there's almost no, I don't want to be, you know, make a blanket statement, but there's almost no clicks anymore. Or if there are like different, you know, clicks, everyone's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like those are the theater kids and those are the like popular Abercrombie yeah. <laughs> kids and no one wears Abercrombie anymore. So no, that's not a thing. That's <laughs> no. not a thing. It's over. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, uh, kids are pretty incredible today. It's very, very impressive. Yeah, they really are. One of my favorite things to do is um, our dance residency. Day one is a facilitation where we just have a conversation. And then from there, the choreographer will take all of that stuff they talk about and put it into two amazing dance pieces. So the dance pieces are like they're taking these conversations and expressing them through dance, these two choreographed dance pieces. And sitting with these high school, mostly female high school students, 
some males are in the dance classes and asking them these questions. And a lot of the time I'll walk into a dance room, especially if it's not dance company, like if it's like dance one and they're just doing it to get a fine art credit or something. Right. So I'm walking in and I'm like, we all sit in this big circle in the dance room. And I'm like this random, you know, like random lady who comes in and I'm like, Hey guys, this is who I am. This is what we're doing today. And they're all looking at me like, what the heck, you know, (laughs) who is this person? And then we start talking and then I like, I don't even shy. Like I don't even tiptoe into it. I'm like, okay, let's talk about the president. Okay. Let's talk about racism. Okay. Let's talk about skin color. Like, let's do it. Let's just break. Like no time for like small talk. Let's get right into the big step. Like they like are all looking around at each other. And then one person's brave enough to like say their opinion. And then it just is like wildfire. It's like a domino effect. Everybody starts popping off like, oh yeah. And I'm learning so much about the kids, like what high school life and culture is like and how there's like, even just within like the black community, like these girls a few weeks ago were telling me like, if their skin is too dark, then even if they're, you know, like another black kid can, they like are discriminating against each other because of their skin tone, even though they're all African-American but they're like, there's discrimination within their own race and how like they get called names because of it or whatever, and how they wanted to lighten their skin, even though like, it's like things that I never even knew. Like I'm learning about like the things that these kids are dealing with. It's really eye-opening and it's just for myself. I just enjoy it so much because for me, like I'm constantly learning about the things that the kids are dealing with and that they're struggling with. And it's, I'm just 30 years old, but like, I'm like, okay, this is what the world is dealing with right now. But then I walk into a high school dance class. I'm like, whoa, you guys have all these things that you're dealing with on top of the world that I didn't even realize you were dealing with. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing though, that they feel safe enough to bring it up at rehearsal. I had a job when I was in Los Angeles as a child wrangler for a musical And it was just a couple of weeks, but it was for the musical once. And there's one child actor in that show. So they were like, look, show up, hang out, play chess, color, and then you can call it a day. But she would bring her schoolwork and she pulled out her binder and it was like typical, like four, you know, fifth grade, like cutout of celebrities and hearts and stuff. She had a cutout of Trevor Noah. And I was like, Aoife, you are in fifth grade. How do you know who Trevor Noah is? And she's like, oh, I watch his show every night. And I was like, what? <laughs> watching That's So Raven. Like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I love it. Or she would come and be like, oh, you know, my friend so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're both boy names. And she's like, they're flirting. And I really hope they get together. And I was like, yeah, like, so cool. <laughs> Because like, yeah, I guess maybe it's her location too. Like she's in a more urban area, but I was like, we were not talking about that in the suburbs of Texas when I was in fifth or sixth grade. Like, yeah. Oh gosh. I live in the suburbs of Dallas and it's a pretty conservative community that I live in. And I'm not very conservative personally myself. And so my son, he's now in fifth grade and he, I mean, he comes home and he's like, well, so-and-so said that boys are not allowed to get married or girls are not allowed to marry girls. Like that's not. And you're like, have a seat. Let's talk about it. (laughs) 
They're 100% allowed. You can like whoever you want. That is okay. And so now he's like, yeah, my friend so-and-so, she thinks she might be lesbian. And I'm like, that's cool. How do you feel about that? He's like, I think it's fine. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's move on. What do you want for dinner? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's great. So if I am an organization or a school and I want to partner with junior players, how can I make that happen? Call me or email me and we can make it happen. Yeah, I would be the first point of contact for anybody who wants to partner and, you know, um, host our programs. One thing to know is junior players, we do not have a brick and mortar. So we're on site. So we go to the schools, the rec centers, the libraries, the YMCAs, wherever the kids are, we'll come to you. And so, yeah, just shoot me an email and, you know, tell me what you're interested in. And if we don't currently provide it, we'll find a way to provide it. We're constantly expanding the types of art forms that we're providing. And yeah, we can have a conversation, see what your needs are, see what the needs of the community and the students is, and and we'll come out. Awesome. Well, Kareem, this was an incredible conversation. Do you have anything else that you need to leave us with? I don't think so. Visit our website. We're constantly, I mean, Abby does a great job. Abby is our communications manager and she's constantly updating it with all of our show and programming information. So, you know, we have programs available to the general community that are not specific to a site and they're always up on there. So definitely always visit our website, juniorplayers.org. And that's where you'll find a wealth of information about who we are, what we do and what programs we currently have going on and what opportunities there are. And if anyone ever has a question, just shoot us an email and we're there. Thank you so much. Again, I appreciate your time and I will let you go and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. You have a great week and thanks for having me on. This was so fun. Of course. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everyone. That was Kareen Rice from Junior Players. Check out their website, juniorplayers.org and follow them on social at Dallas. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please tell somebody about it. Take a screenshot and put it up on Instagram. It's the best way to help us find new guests and keep the podcast going. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Bye.